0: It's another edition of your morning after podcast. Good Sunday morning. Scott Gerard, Hans Olsen, Lloyd Cole. We do it every Sunday morning where we look back on the previous games and look ahead to the upcoming weekend. But what another dominating weekend. A sweep across the state with the FBS teams. Utah gets the dominating win over UCLA 49-3. BYU, as expected, beats Idaho State. And Utah State picks up a big Mountain West Conference victory over Wyoming. So let's start with the University of Utah in Hans. Um, you had the pre and post in this one, Utah dominates 49 to three and led 28 to three at halftime, uh, adds on another three touchdowns. This U team just continues to roll and, uh, make it, making a statement that they're not only just a Pac 12 championship caliber team, but perhaps a college football playoff caliber team.
1: Pre game was amazing, man. You mentioned we had pre and post Frank and I did it and the whole day was just a blast. The VIP tent is amazing. Miller Lite does a great job with the setup. Little Caesars came out, served out piping hot pizzas to everybody, kept everybody warm. It was, it was great, you guys. It was like 250 people packed in. You know, Utah fans, all kinds of excitement, playing some cornhole, great conversation, and it was just a lot of fun. It, these game days with UCLA Bruins at rice Circle Stadium, Utah in contention, like these game days have become so much fun for Utah fans and and really fun for the pre and the post game. So I wanted to get that out there that it really is amazing. And Kurt has really built a lot of fun things with the VIP tent that has really exploded into so many great things. But as far as the game is concerned, Scott, you mentioned it. They got the style points they needed. There were a lot of things outside of this Utah game that helped them with Baylor losing to Oklahoma and Minnesota losing to Iowa. And the style points that we talked about, the complete dominance. There are definitely areas that I'll show in film review that Utah has to clean up. Uh, I know that when they go against high-level High caliber quarterback play, they're going to have to clean some things up because UCLA had some open looks. But when they got stout in the red zone and they ran their base defense and they were forcing UCLA to make some decisions off option routes and some, they also ran some base run option. Utah was great, man. They were great in assignments like they've been all year and Basically stopped UCLA's run game for; they couldn't get over 50 yards in the run game, and did exactly what they needed to do to this Bruins team.
0: Lloyd, um, you know you 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 had a funky feeling this week that Utah could be in trouble, <laughs> and you said on Twitter last yeah. night maybe it was indigestion, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it was.
2: No, you know what? They guess what? You know what? They came out. There's always, I mean. Will Snowden talks about it all the time. That hey, these are all these are college athletes, and they can they can come out and you know and show up at any moment. You never you know you never know that you don't take anything lightly. And Coach Mack for the best, they all. Coach Mack said, hey, they're not going to have a problem with them. Trust me. But all you they got to do is come out and punch them in the mouth early, and they did. That's what they did. They punched them in the mouth early and and suffocated them, and UCLA had no you know no shot. Like, stat-wise, like, you look at it, and it was such a weird game. Like, like, like it's, uh, you know, UCLA, they own the time of possession. 30, uh, 30 minutes and 37 seconds to, to Utah's 29 minutes and 23 seconds. I mean, they own that. First down. UCLA had one less first down. They had 18. Utah had 19. Yet the score was forty nine to three. Like you look at the stats and you and you if you look at the stats you'd be like, Oh, it looks like you know UCLA other than you know, the stats that matter, which is touchdowns and 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 yards and, and yards. Um but it's Utah was Utah was so I mean Andy Ludwig, Tyler that whole offense, Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, uh all the receivers, they were so good. And and I say Andy Ludwig mainly because his call plays. I mean, the off keeping defenses off balance. It's like it's hit. A, it's hit an all time. It's like a new level. It's something that we've. I've never. We've never seen from him. We everybody think looks back to that. You know that two thousand eight Utah team where, you know Utah they got through. But there was there was, there were some head scratching moments with Andy Ludwig back in two thousand eight and the year before. You know with the, with that Utah team, but he there's something like something like has just come together with him. And this offense, and they are, I mean, they're rolling. The balance of run, pass, trickeration, you know, end around, whatever it is, um, has has, youth, has defenses completely confused. And I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, like this, this Utah team, the style points, they got them style points.
0: You know, <clears throat> the interesting thing that really jumped out to me, though, too, is that Kyle Whittingham said after the game, I'm not about style points. This isn't what we do. But he was very, very aware of what happened in that Washington State game, and he mentioned this in the post game, where you know we put, you know, we kept putting our foot on the gas because we know that this is a team that's capable of making a big comeback, like they did against Washington State in that uh, late in the third and into the fourth quarter. But you know what? The way this defense is playing, uh, there's a little bit of a difference hands between Washington State and Utah's defense. There was no way UCLA was ever going to come back in this game or even make this game even somewhat interesting.
1: It wasn't just Lloyd that had that feeling, by the way. I think a lot of Utah fans, it's been like an abusive relationship where Utah, over the years, has (laughs) had these losses. And it's been really hard for them. And had one earlier this year. But the thing that I kept going back to all week as people would start to panic a little bit, thinking, well, this UCLA team has won three games. The thing I kept going back to was what? Consistent defense. Yep. It's very hard to score on this defense, so you can choke people out. And you've got a consistent running, rushing offense with a fantastic running back that you can put the ball in his hand and rely on. So I had zero trepidation. I had zero fear of this Utah team being in a game with UCLA. And I have zero fear with Arizona and Colorado. Oregon is going to be a direct test. I think, again, when they face high-level quarterback play, it's going to be really interesting to see if anybody can replicate what USC did. Now, I know everybody's going to be like, no, they can't. Well, you're probably right. They they probably are going to tighten things up. Julian Blackman's not going to have the type of game that he had against USC. Morgan Scali won't allow what happened to the scheme happen throughout the entire entirety of the four quarters. Like, it did against USC. So I'm not nervous about that, but I'm not nervous about this Utah team because of their their fundamental defense that they play and their fundamental offense that they have high-level capabilities in. Um, And that was on display last night.
0: So just looking at the top 25 in hands, you mentioned a few things here. Minnesota loses to Iowa, um, and then Oklahoma loses. Alabama beats Mississippi State, but this is an interesting Interesting note, and um, and and this seems kind of callous to talk about, but the Tua injury is graphic, and you feel horrible for the kid, and you hope that he can uh, go on to have a very successful NFL career, but he's done for the rest of the year. The NCAA Selection Committee in basketball is specifically told to consider injuries in their seating of NCAA tournament teams. I mean, the injuries, if the kid gets hurt, In the conference tournament, um, that is taken under uh, considerable uh, consideration when they're seeding teams into the NCAA tournament. I have to imagine that's the same for the college football playoff seeding as well. So I think a lot of us out there are very concerned about Alabama becoming that second team in the college football playoff. But if they don't have Tua, frankly, if I'm on the college football playoff committee, I don't put them as one of the top four teams in the country. And so... You know, you never want to take advantage of injuries and stuff like that. I think I think this is something that you have to consider if you're a Utah team or an Oregon team, hoping to get one of those college football playoff spots that Alabama loses their star quarterback. That's something that should be considered by this college football committee when they're putting together their top four teams in the country.
1: Yeah, and they will take that into consideration, and they also have to look at Alabama and say who have they beat. You know, yep. they've got Auburn at the end of the year, but people are all over Utah saying, "Well, who's Utah beat? Who's Utah beat?" Well, and the SEC is good, but the Alabama schedule has not been extremely impressive. Now, if they can get past Auburn with a backup quarterback, maybe there's level for conversation. And then people are barking about Georgia saying, well, a one-loss Georgia team is going to get it. Well, you aren't going to have a one-loss Georgia team because Georgia's going to play LSU in the SEC Conference Championship game and they're going to be a two-loss team. And you can't tell me that a two-loss Georgia team is going to get in over a one-loss Pac-12 champion when a number five and a number six or possibly a number four and a number five Oregon and Utah team play. So, this is working out for Utah, and I'm with you, Scotty, to think of a young man's injury being beneficial to Utah. It's a callous and a horrible thing. But as you pointed out, callous and horrible is exactly what they have to take into consideration when they're putting these top 25s together, including the top four that are going to play for a national championship at some point. You have to take that into consideration, yeah, regardless of if they beat Auburn or not. I also talked about this last night, but there are only five in, in in the five years of college football playoff, playoff, there's only five teams that have been non-conference champion teams. So so uh, a team that was selected to represent that was not a conference champion, there have only been five. Notre Dame was one of them. So really there's only been four. I know Alabama was one one time and I can't think of the other three, but it doesn't happen that often, and and I don't think you can put Alabama in there with a backup quarterback, even if they do beat Auburn and they're a one-loss Alabama Yeah. Yeah. So, I believe that the conversation is really starting to work out in the Pac-12 champions' favor. Now, I think Oregon would probably have more of a nod because of the national perception and they've been there before, and They've got the money and they've got the flash and pizzazz, And so if they were to beat Utah, they would maybe be more of an automatic nod. But I still believe Utah has gained that national recognition and respect with the level of defense that they've played there's going to be a very solid conversation that when number five and number six and there's a potential for them to be number four and five a lot of people are saying Oklahoma are going to jump them. But I don't believe that because that Kansas State loss, Scotty and Lloyd, you can't tell me that Kansas State loss is not as ugly as that USC loss.
0: No, right? yeah, so, no, no doubt.
1: So, so I'm looking at it. To say, there's no way Oklahoma jumps Oregon and Utah. There is good potential that Alabama falls maybe in between the two. Maybe Oregon jumps Alabama. Alabama falls in between Utah, and maybe it separates it. So it's Oregon five, Alabama six. Utah stays seven, or or maybe both jump them, but probably not. They I don't think they're going to penalize Alabama after a win just because they lost their quarterback. There might not be a lot of movement there yeah. in the top seven, but still, you can't tell me that at the end of the season there's a good chance that you've got either number four and five or five and six, and those two square off to try to identify that fourth team in the playoff. Yep. I, I'm I'm going to continue to argue it, and the only argument against mine is that hence you don't know your audience, which which means that that's the one fight against my argument is you just don't know who the selection committee is, and you don't know the history of it, and you don't take into account what they think and what they see. You might be right that 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 might be a conversation out there against me, but my conversation is this team the way the way They are based in great defense and solid run and then have high-level efficiency, no-turnover quarterback play. It deserves
2: a chance to see how great they can be. Real quick, you bring up that point of uh, how, you know, people saying from whether the SEC or Big Ten saying, well, who has Utah beaten? And, And you say, well, who have they beaten? And it was, it was kind of nice to watch, to have, it's, it's nice when the game's not on the Pac-12, because you know the Pac-12 guys, are going to be trumpeting Pac-12. Oh, they should be in the playoff. They should be in the playoff. Well, you had, I mean, Urban Meyer, they, so they had the halftime show with Urban Meyer and um, and Reggie Bush and Bray Quinn, uh, and I can't remember who the main guy is on there, but, and they're talking, and Urban Meyer, they, they hear Urban Meyer, of course he has a connection to Utah, but they hear him trumpeting Utah and saying, hey, this team deserves a shot at the college football playoff was awesome. But then you had somebody that had that exact same mindset at the very end of that halftime show say, yeah, but who are they be? And that like, that's essentially, you know, Ur- they didn't have any more time for Urban to go into anything with, with them or whatever. They went, you know, halftime show was over. But then at the end of the, uh, at the end of the game, you had, you. Had, ooh, by the way, the co- I'm not, not sure. Who the, I can't remember who the color analyst was. He was terrible. The, the, they didn't know any of the guys' names. They called Francis Bernard. They called him Bernard Francis. Uh, they called Kyle Whittingham Ty Whittingham. Um, it was so bad. But you yeah, had the the play by play guy, and I think it was Tim. Was it Tim Brando? I think. Yeah, might have been calling it.
0: Yeah, Tim Brando. Um,
2: yeah, so he he's like, you know, he he mentioned how how and I think it was Brady Quinn that said that mentioned, you know, well, who have they beaten? So he brought that up at the end of the game, and and he says, and, and Tim Brando says, "Yeah, well, who has Ohio State beaten, and who has Alabama beaten? Which they haven't beaten anybody yet. Yeah. Those conferences have the same week losses or same week wins that that Utah has. You can only play who you're scheduled to play. And you know, granted, do you want to have NI, uh, you know NIU on your schedule? Do you want to beef it up maybe a little bit more? Sure, yeah, you you, you do. But look at some of other tough cases of these guys." that these teams play. I mean, cause the, 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 Alabama has next week, I, I want to say it was like Coastal Carolina or something like that. It's one of those types of teams. It's like, it's West, they don't West play any Carolina. Is that who, who it is? It's one of the Carolinas. It's, it's. I don't even know who where the hell they're, they're at if it didn't say Carolina in it. Um, <laughs> But the Catamounts. <laughs> but they, <laughs> stop look at, it.
0: Look at the big brain why on you, Brad. Why
2: do why do you, why do you know so much about Western Carolina?
0: Coastal Carolina. Uh, No, it's Western Carolina
2: (laughs) and it's the Catamounts. Whatever. (laughs) You know way too much. But my point is, you know what? (laughs) Utah is in in a great place. So there you go. Let's move on. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Catamounts. All right. All right. So let's – the storyline was not BYU beating Idaho State. The storyline was that – in apparently WWE fashion last night, Tom Homo <laughs> rips his shirt off in the locker room and showing a shirt off underneath and saying, He's your coach. He's my coach. And the shirt says, Extend Kalani. So does Kalani get his extension hands? What's going on here?
1: I love how it's like Idaho State that put it over there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what?
0: You know what? Kalani, <laughs> that did it. We're going <laughs> to. We'll talk about this, but you have to beat Idaho State first.
1: Oh, man. I'm actually embarrassed for all the decision makers out there. I am. I'm embarrassed. And I wish I knew every one of them by name so I could call them out and be like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you waiting till after Idaho State? Why couldn't it have been after USC? Why couldn't it have been after Boise State? Why couldn't it have been after Utah State? Why all of a sudden, after Idaho State, did Tom Homo come in with a, well, let's extend Kalani now. I don't think this is all Tom Homo's fault. I don't think he's the one that should have all the egg on his face. I think there's probably a lot of decision makers up there that I wish would fess up and be like, yeah, you know what? I got to admit, I'm tired of seeing Kalani lose to Utah, and we wanted him to beat our in-state rival, And I I admit, you know, we we saw a really bad season two years ago. And I admit, we probably should have extended it before they absolutely decimated Western Michigan. And I admit, I'm I'm a little bit, but we're not going to know those people's names. And I'm not going to put all the blame on Tom Homo. But those decision makers should be embarrassed because they let this drag on way too long which I think has been detrimental in the recruiting process. It's been very hurtful and harmful for these coaches because they sat there and coached in indecision in and they've coached in the unknown. And all they've done is tried to keep their heads, to the, heads down and, and continue to work. And they've done it through all of this, where they feel zero support from this university. And then all of a sudden they beat Idaho State. And it's like, you know what? That's done it. Let's go in and let's show support. Why couldn't you show and support on social media weeks for, you know, three, four weeks since some of these, like the Toledo and the South Florida thing, you have to talk about it. It was, there were ugly losses. Kalani and his staff know that, but they put together some spectacular wins that made some shifts on some play calling duties and they've had some big wins. It's just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Idaho State, why, why not show him Look at what Nebraska just did with Frost. Yeah. Frost is, has a, a significant losing record. He's in the second year of a five-year contract, and they're like, oh, let's just shut everybody up. We're going to extend it to 2026. We're going to make it extremely wealthy, and we're going to show his support so that he feels like he's got backbone, and he can go out recruiting and say, I'm going to be here until 2026. And... Kalani's had none of that support yep. and to
2: me it, it's a letdown. There's, hey. there's no doubt those those losses to toledo south <clears throat> Florida, were they were they were ugly uh, they should not even even though they were going through you know quarterback changes and you know they didn't have zach wilson and they 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 didn't have jaron hall at them you know getting a concussion there's no doubt it's like those were ugly losses but but whatever those- pro- their, their, the problems were that were in there. It's so obvious that he made changes, whether it's, whether it's getting a little bit more help from, from Aaron Roderick on the passing, you know, on, on, on some of the game calling or whatever, what, whatever it is, whatever the change has been, you know, whether it's Kalani take a little bit more of the defense, whatever the changes has been, he's made great, made changes that have picked up wins against, uh, uh Boise State, a 14th ranked Boise State team, no less. Um, and then, and then against Utah State. You got two of your rivals. Two of the three rivals. Like maybe you you you, you're not ready to give it to them uh, after USC. Maybe, but once you hit Boise State, you should probably get to get it done after Boise State. Or at the very latest, you get out. You get you get your second rival, second of your third three rivals, and you get a win there. And you say, you know what? Then you that's where you you where you rip off your shirt and you say, extend Kalani. That's my guy. That's where you do it.
1: Oh, and by the
0: way, guys, they they haven't extended him. Yeah, you know, that's the you're
1: you right, a right. We
0: have Well, and then yeah, the other thing we got a picture. Yeah, the other thing is, even if Tom said, "Hey, Kalani, I am going to offer you a uh, extension," okay, Kalani doesn't know what that is. What if he's saying, "I am going to add right. you," I am going to give you one year? Like, well, wait a minute, you can't right. accept. You don't accept that, you know. So, like, no, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't think if you are a if you are in the extend Kalani camp, you are not out of the woods yet on this thing.
1: You better see, you better see three plus
0: years. Yes. Yeah, you're exactly right. So I, I just, I think, know. Let them, I know um, go ahead, Johnny. No, I just think it's a, it's an interesting development in this that until we see an email from Brett Pine giving, you know, and, and they won't announce money, but they should announce years in terms of uh, of the extension until we see that come across. I don't, I don't think anything's even close to being done yet.
2: Isn't that kind of weird that we haven't seen? Uh, maybe they're just getting. Maybe there's something that's going to be done Monday. I don't know. Hands. I mean, how do you see? How do you see this thing playing out? I mean, forecast it. I mean, how do you see this thing playing out? He wears the shirt and says and does that. How, how does this thing play out? When do you think if he's going to be extended? When do you think there'll be an announcement? Well, the bad thing is you've already
1: waited way too long. Should have been done before the bowl game last year. In all reality. He should have had two years left this year and one more, and they should have tacked on three to give him a five year lead so that every recruit that he's currently after sees that he's five years locked in and they can say, Oh, well, he's there for my five years. Because a lot of these guys are signing because they love Kalani, and a lot of guys aren't signing because they don't know if it's going to be Kalani or who it's going to be. So they've already burnt way too much time, Lloyd. They've already burnt too stuff. So right. how soon should it have been? Well, it should have been last night. There should have been an announcement after the game. They should have had this all locked up. If Tom's going to wear the shirt and allow himself to be in a public setting, well, I guess it's a locker room, but he knows that all these players have cameras. Oh, yeah. It was going to get out. Yep. He, yeah, right. he knew that this was going to get out. Well, you should have had the announcement ready to go in the postgame. We've made a decision as a university to extend it. So, to Scotty's point, now you got to let the Sabbath go because it's BYU, but on Monday,
2: there better be an announcement that backs up Tom Homo's shirt. Yep. He should have had that contract stuffed in his pants and ripped <laughs> that out there. Here you go, Kalani.
1: I don't want to touch it. <laughs> it. No, here, touch it.
2: Take it. <laughs> you
1: you take this home with you. I don't, I
2: don't. Uh,
0: okay. And then he, I don't even want to know where the pen pen's been. <laughs> and <it'll>
2: tell
0: you. <laughs> All right. Utah state gets it a really impressive victory. Uh, and they did everything they could to make some mistakes down the stretch. Uh, but they do get the win against, uh, Wyoming 26, 21. They may have found the linebacker to replace David Woodward, Eric Munoz. Uh, they've shuffled a bunch of guys in that spot, but Eric Munoz had 13 tackles, two interceptions, including the game ceiling interception, uh, to thwart the last drive of Wyoming. They got down to the Utah state 38 yard line before, uh, Munoz comes up with the interception. They beat Wyoming, who was a really, really, especially on the defensive side, a really good team. Uh, Utah state now bowl eligible for the eighth time in the last nine years. And, uh, Gary Anderson's team has won two in a row and it looked like things were, falling apart after the Air Force and uh, BYU game. This team has rallied. They go to Fresno and get a win. Then they beat Wyoming at home and set up a really big game against Boise State because hands as bad as things have been, you know, not as bad, but as, as rough as things have been in stretches this season, you know, injuries against LSU, the back-to-back losses, this team is still 5-1 and one in conference play. And if they beat Boise, and this isn't a particularly great Boise State team, uh, they'll clinch at least a, sh- well, they won't clinch. Technically they'll have to be in New Mexico the following week, but which they'll do, but they'll have a, at least a share of the division title. And if air force slips up somewhere along the way, they'll host a mountain West conference championship game.
1: Yeah. It cracks me up to think that they're out of conference games. were against the best team in the country right now in LSU, a uh, I- their team in wake Forest, suits, i don't really come off that. I mean, they've, they've had some letdown moments. Another loss over the weekend. A BYU team that had it all stacked against them, had lost consecutive years, and absolutely couldn't lose again. A head coach that was fighting for his job. And that is a brutal non conference schedule. Yep. and And the way the LSU game was packed in between conference games. It's no wonder that this team has been beat up, bruised, battered, and tested. And it's also no wonder that they're doing well in conference play because they've played some extreme level competition. And I think that somewhere in there, they've had to find their confidence. And it was really nice to see a comeback win against Wyoming last night. That tells you a lot about this team's
2: character.
0: Big storyline defense. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Good to see that defense.
2: Not, I mean, not allow uh, a passing touchdown. Got three interceptions. I mean, that's, that, 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 that was that was nice to see.
0: Wyoming had only turned the ball over five times on the season going into that game. They were great in protecting the football. Wow. Utah State forced four turnovers last night. The, yeah, that, that's impressive. The other thing that's uh, going to be a storyline is Jordan Love. Uh, on a uh, on a run where he fights to get a first down, takes a big hit. Uh, Utah State and Gary Anderson, I asked him specifically about it in the postgame show, did not disclose uh, what the injury was, but he did not finish the game. Henry Columbia came in and finished uh, the game for the Aggies. But um, just based on what it looked like after watching a bunch of reviews, seeing that they took his helmet away from him, I'm uh, I'm of the thought that he suffered a concussion uh, but that's again just me speculating on on how it looked out there and and how they treated him. I, I you know the fact that he wasn't spending a lot of time in the uh, the old injury tent, the fact that they uh, they left him alone quite a bit on the sideline. There weren't a lot of trainers hovering around him. I don't know if it's a extensive injury. I don't know if it's a severe concussion, but I do know Jordan Love is gonna fight like crazy and that's one thing Gary Anderson did say. After the game, that the kid's tough as nails, and will do everything he can to get back out on the field against Boise State. I think there's probably a shot you'll see Jordan Love back on the field against Boise State, and probably one of the biggest games we've seen in that stadium in a long, long time.
2: I know he's Watch had it. a rough year, but they—they're they're, going to need Jordan Love if they want a chance. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I want you to talk about
1: this freshman that had a huge impact with a pick six last night.
0: Scottie. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 What would you like me to talk about, Hans? Uh, where he came from, and 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 the performance that he had. Well, he's he's actually he's not he's a junior. He uh, he's floated around a little bit, uh, and he played. He's a JC transfer, then came in last year, uh, and uh, or not? Well, came in last year, and then he uh, um he okay, Lloyd. I don't know if you heard what happened, but we just need to get this out out of the way right now. What Hans is wanting me to do is talk about the post game interview when Eric Munoz broke down and started to cry on the post game show. He was emotional, and Hans didn't think I handled it particularly well.
2: Uh, not well at Scotty, all, Scotty. What did you do? I didn't do anything. He, okay, he did. I'm gonna, I'm he did mean, not sympathize with him, I, Scotty. I've told you what I've been dealing with for like the last two days, so you know what I've been knees deep
0: in. Yeah, I know.
2: Uh, so, so I did not. I, I did not hear this. I did not hear it. So what did you do?
0: I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I thought I was fine. I like I, I, I you know, he, he was very emotional about uh, a game. Let me, is,
2: let me
1: tell No, let me tell Lloyd what you did. So Lloyd, this kid just had the game of his life in a moment of that life. And he was thinking about it. And he's got these teammates that he's absolutely just, you know, his brotherhood. And he was thinking about his teammates and somebody asked him about this teammate. And he goes, I'm gonna get emotional, and then there was this pause, and Scotty goes, "Oh boy, well, yeah, I guess after a win like this, no. I can see why somebody would get emotional." And what? And then he, and then he started crying pretty hard, and I could just. Scotty backed out and was like, "Kevin, you're gonna have to handle this because I'm not, I'm not gonna work with this."
2: <laughs> what?
1: And made it awkward. And then Kevin's like, well, I feel like me. I'm getting. Em- Are you
2: crying?"
0: I, that's not. It was,
2: yeah. Are you crying? <laughs> no isn't crying, crying in football. football. <laughs> uh, just it was just. Uh, like you know how you it is, really, was back, Scotty, like, really like, backed out of the interview. Yeah, I know he, he guy. He doesn't have a lot of emotions. Like he doesn't let us see him anyway. He has them, I think, but they're just buried really deep. All right. We, we no, need to unlock uh, that box. Well, but uh, so I, you, you really you backed out. You backed out of the interview and told Kevin he had to take it? No,
0: no, I did not. I just I just uh I wasn't I, I thought I handled it particularly well. Like, well okay, you can't have dead air, right, Lloyd? Like that's a big no no right, in radio. Okay. So he's choking no, up. No,
2: though, no, though, if you let the, the the dead air let it breathe a little bit and say, obviously we have a very emotional Eric Munoz here and let that dead air really breathe, that can have that's actually kind of a beautiful thing.
0: No, no, I just he look, you know, we put him in a bad spot. He he was emotional. And so I said, oh, you know, these kind of games, you know, very physical can, can be emotional. And then, and then he picked it up and it was fine. And so like, I I didn't think it was, uh, you go back and listen to the audio. I listened to it last night and I think I handled it very appropriately.
2: You, you didn't tell, uh, you didn't tell Kyle to edit it out, did you? No. no. Okay. Maybe.
1: We need to listen back to the audio. We'll
2: listen I'll back to it. Okay. All right. Anyway, kids. While we're well, well, ruling on, on Monday.
0: Kids, a JC guy hands. Um, and then he committed, I believe, to New Mexico state. Um, and then uh, Matt Wells last year offered him a chance to come up, but did not give him a scholarship. Uh, so he is still, I believe, still technically a walk on. Um, yeah. And, and uh, and saw guys get opportunities ahead of him this year after the Woodward injury and waited, waited. And and uh, those players didn't quite live up to what Justin Enna needed them to do. And so he got his first start yesterday and was just a heat-seeking missile out there. Great open field tackling was where he needed to be. Had an interception that he was about a foot away from being a pick six. And then again, the closing interception. He was awesome and everywhere he needed to be at all stages of the game and that's what they needed so desperately was some increased play at the linebacker position and they got it from him and then and if he can continue to play like that this defense changes dramatically
2: i can see why he'd be emotional
0: okay
1: yeah me too man i mean a pick six and a comeback against wildman and you know the love he has for his teammates and then you think yeah. about like all he's fought through as a juco player and having to be a walk-on, probably financial burdens on his family, and he sees this as an opportunity to finally get Grant and aid, and he also saw it as an opportunity to single-handedly really fight with this comeback against Wyoming to keep them in the Mount West Conference race. I would shed huge alligator tears over something like that. Wait,
2: What? (laughs) <laughs> alligator tears like crocodile tears? That means a fake. What are you talking about?
0: No, those are no, just I'm talking like just big tears, big right? Tears. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, all right. Crocodile tears I thought was like meaning kinda kinda fake thing, but okay. I, I don't know. I didn't say crocodile, I said alligator oh, What's man. the difference? I mean I know they're different a little bit different species, but same difference, right?
0: I okay. Don't know. Anyway. anyway.
2: Is beautiful though that's a really beautiful thing though,
0: yeah, no, it's a great story. it's absolutely a great story, and I fully endorse and condone and am happy to talk to anybody who gets very emotional in a post game interview
2: i I hope he brings the coach brings into uh uh to the coach's puddle on Thursday. I would love bring, to chat with him. him and I think' cause I feel like you owe him an apology. <laughs>
0: uh Oh, everything okay back there, Hans?
1: Uh
2: oh. <laughs> oh boy,
0: Mama's grumpy. I. That I means I gotta uh, wrap it up. Time, I gotta go. Time.
1: To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what? This is an. This is this, uh, this is on our own time, right? I mean. We do Sunday, this Sunday morning.
0: It's a sacrifice of love is what we do here.
1: Sure
0: it is. All sure right. That wraps it up. Another edition right, of your guys. morning after podcast. Scott I'm Gerard Hansel's <laughs> right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.